Welcome in GPS to God. We are kicking off the new year with a bunch of cool stuff and a little bit of education, and we're going to get all into that. But first, welcome in. Happy New Year, all that good kind of stuff. GPS to God, you know where you are. Check us out on uh, Instagram. You can check out the website, gps2god.com. We want to hear from you, so reach out to us. You can email, ma- uh, yeah, mailroom. No. Mailroom at gps2god.com. You know, I'm taking some time off for New Year's, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, reach out. We want to hear from you. We hope all of you had some great holidays, great New Year's. And we are here to uh, kind of kick off the new year with some money-making opportunities. Today is educational. We're going to talk about money and uh, maybe some money that you've not heard about or maybe you've heard about and you have no idea what it is, but guess what? You're about to get an education. (laughs) We've got Ty Dean back with us, Adam Halloran, Zach Edson, Daniel Sanders, and very special guest with us, Mr. Ryan Kumar. Let's go. What's going on, guys? (laughs) Thank you for having me on. I got to pull this up. I want to make sure I I get this right. I can't bumble this intro right here Mm. because, you know, he's got some accolades I need to give give him. uh, Some big ones. Slow internet. We didn't pay for our internet. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough up here. You think in 2023 we could get some? You would think so. I'm just going to wing it. How about that? Go for it. Let's wing it. It's even better. (laughs) Ryan has been featured in Forbes. He's been featured other places. I mean, we don't want him to get a big head, so we're not going to mention all of them. But he works with a lot of A-listers, and he's here for some regular people, just like me and Zach. And some C-listers like Zach. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're on a list. You're on a list. So you, you made it. But Ryan, I appreciate it, man. You're taking time. I know you're busy. Of course. No, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I think that the best thing about podcasts is that it's like – how can we now have a dope conversation and a relationship between like the virtual space of the internet, but then also we get to like record this and post it forever. You know, so <laughs> I, we're creating a memory in history right now. The, the yep. internet is undefeated is what I like to say. Exactly. <laughs> Meme it. That's right. That's Good haircuts, bad haircuts, whatever, whatever it is. Whatever. Yeah. Ryan is here to talk a little bit about cryptocurrency and some other things because that is the way of the world today. So hot topic, hot yeah, topic. Yeah, you know, educational episode for us. If you don't know what that is, we're gonna let him explain that a little bit. If you do know, we're gonna go deeper than you thought you could go. Ty <laughs> Dean is uh, now, another itching, one of our financial itching. experts now, now. <laughs> who's gonna. I wouldn't say expert. I mean, I still haven't. I gotta get my CPA license. Like I haven't even taken the test for that yet. So well, you know, <laughs> so you haven't failed. That's a good point. There <laughs> we go. Oh, so Ryan, I mean, let's just kick it off maybe by, can you tell people who may not know what is cryptocurrency? Yeah, um, high level cryptocurrency is the new way of money, right? We got Bitcoin. We have the different currencies that are out there, like the Ethereum's of the world, and really the ba- the basis is uh, the essential basics to pretty much cryptocurrency is like people need to be unbanked right it's banking the unbankless and that's the whole goal is like how do we essentially have money that we own it's not you know run by a federal reserve it's more so decentralized there's no central owner of it you're not going to be able to have inflation it's uh you know the whole premise of bitcoin is pretty much deflationary um so it's like how do we essentially have our own money that's like digital gold like a store of value at least for bitcoin and I think that's the future of money. And it's also programmable with smart contracts uh, if you're talking about Ethereum. So high level, it's digital money. It's not the stuff that you hold in your hand, but you know, 
I guess it is in your hand with your with your phone. <laughs> right? So digital money. If I'm a senior citizen, if I'm oh, 75 no. years old, <laughs> they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> right. I mean, is that how you would explain that to do, to them? Di- it's digital money. Let's let's look at it this way. We already deal with digital money, right? When you run your credit card, your where's the money, right? It's in the little card. Mm. Except for like this way, it's in your phone, right? You got a little app that, that the money's on. So essentially, it's not a physical card. But there's actually cryptocurrency that you can put on a physical card these days and run it. So it's like, it's pretty much what you're used to using. It just has like a different denominator, right? Like kind of like you use the euro or the pound when you're in Europe. Um, and you would use the same thing if you're on the internet using Bitcoin or Ethereum or any of these cryptocurrencies. I used to be a big proponent against it, right? I, I The same way I am with like gold and silver. I used to say yeah. until the day comes that I can walk into Kroger and melt down an ounce of something and use it, it's just an investment, right? And now we've got five or six hotel chains here in Nashville, Tesla. Every, I mean, it seems like more and more people are accepted of Bitcoin. And so I guess it, I guess it is a currency now, right? Yeah. I mean, Google is in Nashville, right? Like, yeah. dude, Nashville is taking off. I looked at real estate. They were like, Amazon's moving to Nashville. First thing I did, real estate in Nashville. <laughs> Bro, I was like, this. these prices are insane. What's going on here? It was already insane before Amazon got there. It, it can't be insane to somebody that's in San Fran and Miami and New York, right? Like, <laughs> you're probably like, oh, that's cheap. All the California people are moving here. That's why it's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, I thought it was like insane for, you know, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. It is so insane for Tennessee. <laughs> I love my home's value, but I don't want to buy another home. That's <laughs> yeah. where I am. It's different. It's yeah. different now. So No, but I, that's what I was going to say, too, is like crypto. And obviously, you know way more about it than I do. But, I mean, I have a banking app that I use, and it tells me my account balance, but I guarantee I haven't seen that total come across in cash or a check because it's direct deposit now, it's you know, credit card, swipe. I mean, so it's basically the same thing with cryptocurrency is you can't physically see it just like you can't physically see all the money that's sitting in your bank account now. Um, you can obviously go to a bank and pull out that money, but mm-hmm. um, with cryptocurrency, it's different. But still, I mean, you have credit cards now and you have that mobile banking where you don't even see the money. Same thing with cryptocurrency. I'm going to try and play the uh, the person who knows nothing about any of this for this episode because I'm the person who knows nothing. So let's say somebody was, I don't know, somehow given or they have some, some cryptocurrency of whatever kind. Ty just said you can go to the ATM, pull money out of your bank account. Is there a way somebody can go pull that money or uh, transfer that money into another form where they can get it? in cash or gold or, or a lot of different yeah, ways, right? There's even Bitcoin ATM now, right? Yeah, there is a Bitcoin ATM. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So go I'll let Ryan go. ATM, hey, this is his street, deal. You know? uh, yeah, no, but like Ty was saying, so excellent point. But just kind of, I'm going to answer both questions, but kind of like back to what you were saying about like, yo, I can take the money out of my bank account. Honestly, if you go to get $30,000 out of the bank account or try to wire it to yourself, you have to have two forms of ID. <laughs> I had to like literally travel from California one time just because I didn't have two forms of ID. I had to fly to California to go get a second ID just to wire thirty thousand dollars. Like this, if I this is like crypto, I just press a button and boom, it's like to my other wallet, right? And it's insane. So if you if you go out and try to go to a bank and now get a million dollars cash, you have to call in a day before or two days before, and then they got to go bring you cash from wherever it comes from, right? Because of fractional reserves. So essentially. 
I don't think I don't think anybody at this table has to worry about wiring a million dollars and then going to get it. Well, that's what I was, I was going to say. <laughs> Hypothetically, the bank doesn't even have your money. I mean, they have my money. It it's not that money. But like, <laughs> I mean, if someone's over here going, well, I can I got withdraw $10 million. Well, they're going to have to go find $10 million. I saw a video the other day where a guy tried to pull $30,000 out of the bank, and they told him it would take a week to get it to him. No. Yeah. He's at the wrong bank. <laughs> I mean, but that's the point. They don't they don't have that kind of cash on hand, and you really, it's no different right. than this. Yep. Where's well. the cash? <laughs> like, where is the, the cash? cash? Right. Ghost dollars. Everything. Well, is now ghost that dollars. You know, I mean, yeah. this is going back to the '70s, but now that they don't have any of the the gold standard. I mean, now that I mean, it's fiat money, basically, is what people call current cryptocurrency. But no I mean, you're looking at the U.S. dollar. I mean, it's backed by the fa- full faith and credit of the U.S. government. But so Ty just said. You know, an American dollar is backed by the federal government. Who backs a cryptocurrency? Yeah, good question. So you do have that conundrum, right? Where where it's like essentially, that's a big word. I try to use that in <laughs> podcast. That's you know, a good one. A good one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you have the situation where, you know, pretty much crypto is, it's volatile because there's no nothing really backing it unless it's like a stable coin, right? Which you have your tethers of the world or your usdc so that's like actually pegged to a dollar so essentially it's like a digital version of a dollar right where it's like it's supposedly for every dollar that you have in this cryptocurrency right it's backed with a real dollar or a real asset that that actually has that value of dollar that's that's like a stable currency right and then on the crypto side like a bitcoin or ethereum it's really speculative speculative right it's like uh what does the majority of the people it's i guess democratic and decentralized right where it's like what are the majority of the people actually want to sell it for? Do I want to sell it for 17,000? Is there someone who's going to sell it for 16,000, right? So it's a fair market. There's always orders coming in and out. And so it never really closes, right? on the market. It never, never closes. I mean, unlike my job that, you know, the market's 8.30 to 3, Monday through Friday, that thing is open 24-7, doesn't, no holidays. <laughs> it's... It's a wild market, man. I lost like a thousand dollars last night, just like, like sleeping. It was, it was like stupid. Yeah, you can't go to sleep if it's open the whole time. Literally, well, Check we talk a little bit about Ryan's schedule over here. I mean, I've got a question for you, just because yeah. um, I know how much you work. I know the times, time zones, how much you're on each coast. Um, how do you find time, or do you have to schedule time to yourself? I mean, I know Thank that you're running a country uh, company, um, and I. I'm just uh, interested to know because I have a problem with work-life balance. And so somebody that probably does it more than me, I'd like to know, do you schedule time off? Yeah, good question. I, I, I did schedule I did, time off. I did see him, uh, you know, have some Instagram posts from Paris. So he he got off a little <laughs> bit, at least once. I didn't say that he wasn't working from there. I was I working did. there. Actually. <laughs> I was actually a crypto conference over that. It's crazy, right? That's right. Uh, I just uh, that's that's what I think about uh, work life balance, right? Like the the I was in Paris at a conference, really doing business, but it looks like I'm having fun, right? That's that's like the that's that's the whole situation. But I think that's how you kind of infuse work life balance. I don't think there's like a you know, nine to five, I work and then 5 p.m. to 10, I'm off. Like, I, I think it depends how you want to structure your life. You're, you're the person who controls your life and you're the person who controls your time. And I believe that my time is the most valuable thing in the world. Right. Um, but I'm so obsessed with what I do. I love like building products. I love talking to our customers. I love like working with people like Zach, working with people like Andrew, like amazing people we get to work with. And then I love to do this too, right? Like I love to talk to people. I love to shoot content. So I really do what I love. And then my third love is probably the gym, right? So all I do is like 
if I, I just made a, uh, like a super important goal in my life was like, I'm, I'm 31 now, but uh, when I was like 25, 26, I just decided that like, I'm not going to do anything that I don't want to do in life. Right. And I just structured my life that like, I'm going to go through hell for these couple of years to like get myself financially set up. So then when I can take, so I can take the reins back on my time. And that was the best decision I ever made was that like just taking the reins back on my time and making everything go according to how I want it. And now I spend my time working 24 seven, <laughs> but it doesn't feel like work. Right. It feels very fulfilling. So I think the, the, to answer your question, Zach, it's more so work when you want to work, but then also infuse life around it. Right. And just, just, just be in the moment. And I think that since you have a family, you probably have a harder time with it because you have to delegate some time. Right? Hey, I, I, I got a seven-year-old that runs my house. Like that's my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How, how do you dedicate your time? That? I, I do so a do poor job like of it, man. A poor job. I mean, you know that, you know what we do. It's just, um, there is no nine to five, right? And it could yeah. be calls at, 12 o'clock at night because my debit card's not working to, you know, uh, reviews and like time zones like that's, you know, we got international clients. And so it's, it's hard. And so that, that's what I'm, I'm searching for, right. Of like, how do you, how do you find time and make time for things that are important? And then also don't let your business fall on its face. Right. Because, you know, it, it inevitably it falls and stops with me. So, yep. um, you know, I, I just wanted to hear it from a, a like-minded individual that I know puts in more hours than me. Yes, sir. But, <laughs> I mean, that, that can transfer to other uh, disciplines as well. It Absolutely. It doesn't just have to be the financial sector. I mean, no. other people struggle with that same thing of work-life balance and where does family fall into that and Absolutely. where does your self-care fall into that. Mm -hmm. uh, even mentally, you know, Ryan said he likes the gym. I mean, you got to prepare yourself mentally, take care of yourself mentally as well as physically, all the same Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. So you mentioned you were in Paris for a crypto conference. Yeah. What goes on at a crypto conference? If you say, I'm going to a sales conference, people can imagine a bunch of salesmen sitting around trading secrets maybe or doing whatever <laughs> they're doing. But what goes on at a crypto conference? Yeah. It, I mean, so there's two types of crypto conferences, right? One is like your Miami crypto conferences, which are like, all the guys that got like the McLarens and the, you know, they have like their, their exactly what I think of. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I moved here for. Da, I was da, like, all right, now I got to get my, my McLaren. Right. <laughs> um, but essentially they, there's two types, right? So essentially it's like the, the flashy let's, you know, the consumer who buys the NFT and they buy NF, you know, tokens, they buy Bitcoin. You have the Bitcoin Miami's of the world, right? Those are like, your end retail customers. And then you have like your ETH Paris, like uh, your ETH CC in Paris, right? Which which I was at. And it's more so the builders and developers. So for me, I go there to like recruit talent. So I'm like, okay, how can I find the sharpest like people in our space? How can I one, find them? And then also how do I get them engaged with what we do either as someone we hire directly or someone we partner with? So I'll find like different partners that like, you know, tie up perfectly with our, our technology. And honestly, I think I do a great, good uh, job of communication, right? And um, it it's always works in my favor because I know how to communicate well. And I think that I'm able to convince people to work with us because, you know, I have great communication skills, I'm presentable, and I think it makes a difference, right? So when I'm in person, I'm able to close deals, I'm able to like recruit talent, and then I stand out. So um, I'm, I'm, sing I'm not single now, but when I was single, you know. <laughs> There are some some beautiful crypto women out there that uh, you know pay some attention. <laughs> so you you threw out an acronym, and I'm sure you know we're all sitting around this table. Go ahead and tell us what an NTF is. 
NFT. Oh, NFT. NFT. See, yeah. my business is NTF, non-transactional. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. We can edit that out, Zach. It's all right. Oh, no, we're not. No, no. <laughs> keep it in there. Zach, keep it in there. going in there. <laughs> I, it's going in there. And at least it's going to make a blooper. So go oh, for no. it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, an, an NFT. Well, before I answer this question, what do you guys, I want to hear from all four of you. What do you think an NFT is today? And oh, this, is, this is going to make the bloopers. This is <laughs> I need to hear this. Todd, go. <laughs> I don't know much about NFTs, um, but what I, an analogy I kind of heard of, it's, it's like, um, Basically, if you have like a picture or um, another image or um, like a, say you're in a game, like an article of clothing or something like that, it's its own, um, like, it's its own, what, what's this, what, what am I trying to think of the word? Um, I have no idea, but I feel your pain. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm going to skip time. Can, can I say digital art? Yeah, okay, there you no, go. There you no, no, you are not. Digital art. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. Because I always think about like, you know, Board Yacht Ape Club or yeah. uh, CryptoPunk and yeah. digital art that I never understood how you own it when I can screenshot it on my phone. <laughs> like, don't I own it now? So that's that's kind of what I was getting at is like. Yeah. No, you weren't. I was because <laughs> the analogy I heard was you take that that crypto art that you own online, this own your own personal then someone else can go and, like you said, screenshot it. Well, I can go and recreate uh, any of Da Vinci's paintings, right? And or buy the fake ones off the internet, and it looks like the real thing. But I don't have that original, and so that's what I've heard about NFTs. It's like an original Bingo. digital picture, image, clothing in a game. I just didn't have the right words for it. So I looked it up on art. Google today, just what it actually stands for. Fungal token? Yeah, non-fungal token. <laughs> and that's all I know. Rod's about. like, this, this is worth the price of admission right here. <laughs> this is going on my YouTube. <laughs> I'll spell my name for you. Make sure we get it right. <laughs> oh, you going to give it a shot? You going to say no? no yeah, give it I mean, a shot. You got to give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Can't get I mean, any it's worse. Kinda like, it's it's kind of like the Mona Lisa, right? There's an original Mona Lisa that's in a museum, and that's that's what you're holding with your NFT. You're holding the original Mona Lisa. There might be a lot of reproductions, but nobody's going to own the original like you with a digital yeah. version. I couldn't have said it better. I love that. That was amazing. Don't give him yeah. any credit, Ryan. What are you? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. I'm done for the day. So, so yeah. like, do you? I'm gonna. So, will you answer that? And then, do you okay. think the the board yacht ape clubs or the crypto punk like do you think that's a fad or do you think let, that's going to continue let, let them answer the the first question because you're bringing on a whole lot other questions <laughs> yeah, I got a bunch of questions associated with that question <laughs> yeah. go ahead okay, ryan four is yours i'll break that in. i'll break in, into that um so number one i think that uh uh so my definition of of, of nfts just simplified is like digital ownership right it's like I can actually own this digital whatever it is. Maybe it's a picture of a monkey. Maybe it's a you know a username, whatever it is. But I can actually own it, and I can actually transfer that ownership. And I can actually, if I create it by myself, I can actually get royalties anytime I sell it or anybody else sells it in the future. So now it's like programmable money. Back to that whole you know topic that we had in the beginning. So it's ownership it's money it's it's a, a whole bunch of things and and then really it's utility so you know um i can now use my nft it's kind of like a key right like you can use that as a key so now now i own this nft and now i can unlock some things that, that the creator set up for me so if i create an nft tomorrow 
and we're going to be doing this uh, with the Mintrops platform is that like, if you have an NFT, you're going to be able to like literally use it as a key to access content or, you know, access merch or access an experience. So there's so many different use cases to an NFT. Um, and honestly, I wish it was a better name. I wish, it, I wish there was like a better name for an NFT. I wish it wasn't just NFT. I'm also stuck as the NFT guy, so we just got to go. With it, right? <laughs> you would be a trailblazer uh, if you tried to then drop NFT and move on to something else. <laughs> dude, Reddit, Reddit did NFTs and they're like digital collectibles. I'm like, ah, oh, that doesn't sound cool either. It's like, Bring it back to NFTs. Like, I'm with you. So yeah. what what so, were the uh, things you were talking about? The we need to like put them up on the screen for people to, that are listening to this podcast to see what it is because I think it's I, I think it's crazy. Like I, I think I, a three year old with a box of crayons could draw something better than some of these things. But like <laughs> you know they're they're apes or like board yacht ape club is a is there a, a definite amount of how many there are. Is that what makes yeah. them popular? Like there's only a so, hundred or so, so it's board ape yacht club. Yep. See, yacht I even club. said that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, Board Ape Yacht Club, yeah, 10,000. There's a 10,000 people or 10,000 NFTs in the collection. And so, like, because there's only 10,000 of them, people are running up the price, right? Like, I've got to be part of this community. Yep, yep. exactly, exactly. Hey, man, you got to remove the quotation. No, no, I'm just community, <laughs> right? That's what it is. And so, but so, do you yeah. think that that is uh, sustainable or like, yeah. is this just a fad? And I would add to yeah. that, where do you see it going in the future? Yeah, good question, Ty. Um, so, number one, I think that Board Ape Yacht Club is one of the rare exceptions to like those like digital pictures. Like, there's only a few collections that are going to be able to do that. Like, throw a monkey on there, throw an animal on there. <laughs> let's sell it for like you know whatever it costs, right? And then now the resale is like four hundred thousand dollars. I think that was a time period, right? Which was like 2021, early 2022. Everybody's going crazy over it, right? And I think that there's going to be like a couple brands in the world, like the, um, you know, like the board API clubs of the world mm -hmm. that are going to be able to sustain their value because they're like the staple, like, okay, now if I think of NFTs, like that's what I think of, mm -hmm. right. Or a crypto punk yeah. and board API club was so genius that they actually bought the crypto punks IP. So now they <laughs> own that too. So it's like, dude, how, we can never fail. And if we fail, NFTs fail, right. <laughs> um, so I think that's that's like a interesting scope of it, but I don't think long term we're gonna keep on seeing these animals and they're gonna have a, a lot of value, right? Um, but I do think in the future there's a couple things that are gonna happen with NFTs. So number one, we're already gonna start seeing it. Like um, when I got a ticket to the Warriors game, it's a digital ticket. It's like literally, it's not. It's not, I don't print it. It's like just a link that's going to be an NFT. So like when you get into like a game, now you're going to have that NFT and either it burns after you use it or, you know, you can store it forever. And now you can be like, yo, I was at this game, right? Um, so that's going to be like a use case for an NFT or just like you go to the DMV, right? Like the state owns your your driver's license right? or like uh, your driver's plate, right? It's like you can now transfer that back. Okay, California owns my driver's or like, you know, my license plate. And this is what the token issued is, right? It's like different use cases. So I think we're going to start seeing the boring versions of NFTs where it's like, okay, cool. It's like on the blockchain and it's going to be like usable, but it's actually going to be usable like property deeds. So like, okay, now I have a deed to a property. It's an NFT. Um, you're going to start to see like real estate, like actual plots of land are going to be sold and traded as an NFT. So like all those different use cases that are going to be completely normal in the future. Right, that sound crazy today, but they're going to be boring applications that everybody's going to be like, "All right, cool, it's an NFT." Like, 
It's not a monkey, though. You know. <laughs> so, so he talked about the Warriors. You know, the Raiders did an NFT this year too for their season ticket holders. I did not oh, know did that. They? Wow. They did a just for the uh, twenty one twenty two season. Each season ticket holder got one NFT for their season tickets, and then it was done. So there's probably only twenty or thirty thousand of those out in existence. It's already taken over. Daniel's still Go. in the dark. Go Raiders. Go Bears. Yeah. So, you know, they, they suck as a team. I know they're in Vegas now, but at least we got the Warriors. So let's say that you have all these NFTs. Let, let's say they come into a boring thing, like you said, for property deeds. Yeah. So I buy a property. I have an NFT that's a digital deed. Where is that stored? Is that on a server somewhere and somebody goes and... Uh, you know, there's a fire in that building. The server burns down, and my stuff is gone. Or how is that? That's a good question. It's in the cloud. That's a really good question. See, I, I, I think we're going to circle back to this to tell me the difference of FTX and Coinbase or any other wallet you oh, want to yeah, talk let's about. Oh yeah, do that. Let's talk about because <laughs> this is going down the same path right here. Yeah, no, no, no. You saw that? Like FTX had like an NFT that like literally they sold for Coachella, and because it was the the actual data of the NFT was stored on a server which is not supposed to. Um, it literally, like, the NFT, like, now doesn't have an image or it doesn't have its utility or something's wrong with the NFT, right? But how the NFTs are supposed to be are supposed to be immutable. So, like, essentially, it can't go anywhere. It's on something called an IPFS, which is, like, long... It's, it's going to bore you, but it's, like, an interplanetary file system, which just means, like, this, this actual image is now stored, like, in public forever, but it's still linked to the ownership of that token. That's how it's supposed to be stored on the blockchain itself, on the IPFS, right? And it shouldn't be stored on a server. But you see a lot of people are just sloppy with their development. That's why they need to go to mint drops. But, <laughs> you, you, you know, they're sloppy with their development, so they'll put it on the servers. But it's not supposed to be on a ser server at all. It's supposed to be on chain. And that's what we do at mint drops, mintdrops.com. Let's go. <laughs> well, we, we, we were going to get to that, but there is no better segue. So Ryan is a very smart guy, as you can tell. He is, uh, I don't know, he, he'll tell us maybe how many companies he's been involved with and bought and sold and created, but Mint Drops. What is Mint Drops? And uh, then the questions will flow from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I appreciate it. So pretty much Mint Drops is two things, right? So I'll tell you what, where we started off as and now what we're doing today. And kind of like what we started off was like, we just want to find a way to bring power to creators. That was like my main goal was like, I work with a whole bunch of content creators, big, small, and they all had like the main focus. Like, I love what I do. I love it. And I don't want to do anything else. How do I wait, find a way to make money? Okay. This is like early 2021. Um, everybody was like focused on like, oh, wow, there's like a cat. And you know, there's like different ways that you can do NFTs, right? It's just weird, weird stuff. And my goal was like, all right, cool. Now, how do I do an NFT myself? And I Googled it, couldn't find anything that I could do by myself. I literally had to go, luckily I can code. So I had, I found like this uh, documentation by Alchemy, shout out Alchemy, um, really good. They're like our good friends. And I, I had to do this program over like a weekend and I figured it out. And I was like, dude, this is tedious. Like there's no way real artists are gonna do this. Engineers are gonna get all the money for all these sales and anybody who knows like that technical barrier. So my goal was like, all right, I know creators, I advocate for creators, and I'm gonna find a way that they're gonna be able to use this without having to code. That was my first mission. That was great. We ended up uh, partnering with all the biggest blockchains, Polygon, um, you know, Celo, 
um, Algorand, and they ended up like funding us as well. So that was, that was great. That was really like, they funded the research and development for it. Like it was great. And then we built like an ecosystem around that. Um, and then now today we're on the same mission, but now like the products change, right? So like we're, we're launching a couple products and, and it's going to be exciting. So number one is like, we want to foster like a community for creators, right? You guys are creators. And I think that you guys need to be around other creators that are focused on growing their brand, like monetizing their brand, like that want to like send other content creators, like their edits, like, yo, is, is this good? Is this bad? You think this is going to perform good on the algorithm? I feel like we want to build that network of creators first. That's like the biggest thing is like like-minded people should be in one place and they should be like around an ecosystem of people who can help them out. Right? Like how much effort could you get if I talk to you every day about content, I just hit a million views. Like my girlfriend, she, her, her view, her, one of her videos just hit like 250 K. I was like, all right, cool. What'd you do to the, what, what'd you do for this? But now imagine like the person who doesn't know any other content creators. You have like this space that you can go to where you can reach out to those people and talk to them. That's the goal. And now what we're going to do is not only build that community of those content creators, but we're also going to be bringing in people who are, you know, top, the top of the food chain when it comes to either sports or, you know, content creation or YouTube or films, like top level people, you know, you know who I'm talking about. That. Uh, <laughs> you you run in a different coming. circle than I do. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the breaking news in a few, few minutes here, but let, yeah. let, let's finish with the, the mint drops. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, so like building that community of like top level creators that are going to be able to like one, give other content creators like the game of like, okay, cool. This is how the YouTube algorithm works. It's how you should use it for your benefit. Let's create like a, you know, Eclipse channel, et cetera. So grow your brand and then also monetizing. So maybe it's merch deals, maybe it's sponsorship deals. Maybe you didn't know that you can actually have deals with blockchains that'll pay you to actually talk about it on your podcast, no matter what your viewage is, right? So it's like so many different things that you can learn. We want to put in an ecosystem for creators and, and give that for free. And then the second side of things is like, we have our platform, which is like, Anybody can launch their own NFTs. They can launch their own subscription businesses. They can launch their own platform on, on the Midrops platform and actually have ownership of their content, have ownership of their fans, actually get that data that like when someone signs up or someone follows you on Instagram, you don't have anything but their handle that's temporarily there until your account's banned or Instagram loses its touch later tomorrow, right? And now with email data or geolocation or like zip codes or phone numbers, you get so much information on the user and now the creators are actually going to get ownership of that. So that's super important to us. We want to build the ecosystem and the community for the creators. And then we also want to build, you know, the tools for them to be able to grow their brands and monetize it and actually own it. So long-winded, <laughs> but that, that's what Mintrops is today. I was thinking about two of the biggest names that I know about. So like Ninja, who is big into the gaming world, uh, going to yeah. Twitch and YouTube, and then Mr. Beast, who, same thing. Like if they owned their own content, I know that they're multimillionaires, right? Just from the what they get from YouTube. But if they own the content, what could that do to their brand? And what what would doors would that open that YouTube kind of handcuffs them to now? Yeah. All right. Hold hold, hold they, on. Can I? Can, yeah. So you're saying who who owns their content? If they create it and then they put it on YouTube, who owns that? Brian, is that a YouTube? They they own so, them, right? So it depends on platform to platform. Like you have your Lensa AIs of the world that just came out where everybody's doing their digital avatars. Mm -hmm. They don't know that they're signing away all their licensing for their face forever. You're going to see your face later somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know, on some weird AI app tomorrow and be like, I, 
that's me down there in the fine print fine print yeah why is my face on this like maybe it's your face on a monkey i don't know like (laughs) your your face is going to end up somewhere when you sign these contracts but i think on youtube like you own your content but you don't own your fans so like all right cool i got a subscriber but i don't know the subscriber's name outside of their username on youtube i don't have their information or anything you know so that's that's how it goes so you're just uploading videos for the for the views but i'm using youtube's platform and they're they're paying me something off of that right but they're also collecting something right yeah yeah they're they're taking 50 percent of the the, uh the revenue so it's a lot of money (laughs) what what type of creators are on mint drops or can use mint drops yeah, Mintrops is just made for everybody. Like anybody, so you do podcasts, you gotta be on Mintrops. Like, so either be in the community and like learn from other creators and see what they're doing and actually get ownership of your handle when you get on Mintrops, or you know, um, use the platform to either monetize it. You know, whatever you have, like the blooper reels, put them like behind a paywall, see if <laughs> someone's gonna pay for them, or you know, get some data on it. Like whatever you can do on that. So two sides, community platform, right? So it's made for anybody. Either you do music, you do podcasts, you do YouTube, you, you know, you're in sports, but you still want to have an engagement direct to consumer, you know, facing platform that you can communicate with your fans and actually own those fans. That's who you, that, you know, that's, that's who uses Mintrops. Those are the best uh, people to use it, you know? Everybody, everybody, everybody come on. <laughs> we got something for everybody. everybody. Don't discriminate. So is it like a, yeah. a, a, somewhat of a social media for creators where they can go and hey i have this question about how you did this video here or what do you think about this and and that side of it and then there's the platform side of it to where they're actually dropping their whatever their music or their videos or whatever is that is that kind of how it goes yeah that's the goal that's the goal we want to be a social media platform so one with the community but then also like on the platform level we're like scoping out of it so today you could think of us like a closed closed community youtube right so like essentially like youtube for closed community so like you guys have a podcast and now only the people who, who pay or have an NFT can get into watch that right now, right? And then we have the other side, which is like the creator community. But the whole goal is like decentralized social media. So it's like giving creators their own power to have their own social media applications by themselves right now. And then the next phase is like, how do we take on the YouTubes? How do we take on the TikToks and opening it up to everybody and everybody's fans that also having an open component. So right now it's closed, but in a year, our goal is like 2023, 2024, we want to be at YouTube's neck and actually give them a, a fair competitor. And I think, have you guys seen GPT-3 by, uh, you know, OpenAI? It's like this cool AI tool. No? No. Dude, it's a lot of letters there. on the internet is going to change forever. You got to check it out. You can use it. GPT-3. It's uh, by OpenAI. OpenAI. Now, this is going to be insane. All right? Insane. It's literally like you can talk. So you know how you have Siri on your phone, right? Literally, it's like, all right, Siri on your phone, but you can chat to it, right? And essentially, you can do anything with it. So it's like it can it can write code for you. It can read code for you. you, you that's just on the engineering front. But also, like, you can have it tutor you. So it's like, yo, I have this book. You give it your book, and you say, hey, tell, teach me about this chapter. It'll teach you about the chapter. It'll talk to you. And then you can actually write back to it, ask it interactive questions, and even it'll write back synthesized versions of like what it wants. If you wanted to speak back to you in like a Chicago '40s gangster style like <laughs> slang, it'll do it for you. Yeah, I would be in so yeah, much I've trouble at school. I've seen this on hey, Twitter. Give me this. Give me this You've book. It, right? Oh yeah, no, it's insane. Like I, there were there was professors from um, some big school, not Harvard or anything, but something like that, and they were like, 
they put their prompt, their essay prompt into this GTP3 and it came back and it wrote a whole essay based off their prompt. And the professor was like, this is a solid A minus in my class. Like it's, <laughs> it's unreal. Dude, homework's done for Dude, that's, that's it. It's over. It's it is, over. It is I might go back to like grad school right now. I got AI on my side. <laughs> it's <laughs> ridiculous. It's, it's insane. That's another so, level. We couldn't even have calculators when I was in high school. Now look where we are. Now it's on your phone. <laughs> yeah, you could, you I could go and I could go in there and say, "Give me three like sayings that Zach Edson would say, or things how Zach Edson said," and it would come back to me like with if it had the knowledge mm. of who you were, it would come back with like three things that you say. It's it's ridiculous. So my mind's blown right now. Yeah. So you, so you talk about men drops being out there for the content creators to come onto and kind of maybe at some point be in competition for the YouTubes or the Twitches of the world that are backed by multi-billion dollar companies and you know yeah. the the main thing that i see with the content creators out there is is that nobody understands the algorithm is that yeah. something that mint drops plans to change and help them understand your algorithm and how you push it out to to the correct people because you know it doesn't do you any good if you're pushing it out to a million people but it's a million people that don't care yeah no super good question super good question so I'm going to break it down into two parts. So one is like how algorithm algorithms work today, right? So how algorithms work today on social media. So right, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now the TikTok algorithm is really different from the YouTube and Instagram TikTok. Or uh, the YouTube and Instagram algorithm are very similar, right? And the TikTok algorithm is very different. It's, it's kind of programmed for short usage, nonverbal, very fast kind of, you know, as fast as, as you can and as much dopamine as possible, right? It's like cocaine, like literally <laughs> algorithmic cocaine, right? Um, and then also you have Instagram where, you know, it's more so focused on retention. So now is the per, and YouTube. So it's, so this, this is like literally some super sauce right here. Pretty much what you want to think of the algorithm is, is it's your instant feedback loop. Once you put something on YouTube or you put something on shorts, it's feedback on is my content good or people watching it all the way through that's what it's doing there's two things that it's looking for and what you have to understand is like if you want to work the algorithms to your favor you need to make a couple things right so <coughs> one in the style of editing when you edit your videos you got to make sure that you edit it so it's concise people watch all the way through second is you got to make sure that when you are creating content and you're putting it on the algorithm um, that you're doing it like according to like the platform, right? Like, and a lot of the platforms want short and concise. They don't want 30 second videos. They want 10 second videos fast, right? Dopamine. And you got to just kind of work the algorithms because algorithms are what get you seen today. And I wish I had algorithms five years ago. I'm, I'm not like an anti-algorithm guy. I know there are pluses and minuses to algorithms. Um, and I'm going to get back to like how we use that in Mintrust. But if you can use Mintrust, like, uh, if you could use algorithms to your benefit, you are in a whole nother league. You just got to understand about content retention and how to get like these things going for you. And it can get you so much reach. And right now the algorithms are still nascent, right? So it's still promoting, you know, everybody to, you know, everybody, but essentially it'll change eventually where it's going to only service the best people to, you know, everybody. So you want to focus on while these algorithms are favoring everybody. How do I get it to as many people as possible? How do I now format my content to actually hit the algorithm in a good way that it refers it to as many people? Because it's essentially, you know, it's evil, but it's your 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 evil, you know, uh, sidekick that essentially gets you 
some views. And uh, views can lead to attention, and attention can lead to money. So algorithms are good. There are minuses, and then there all, all, also is how we use it on Mintrust. But before I leave on, did that answer your question? Where yeah, should I go yeah. from No, that's good. <laughs> okay. I think that's um, one of the things... Sorry, you continue on. Yeah. Just comment. No. That's one of the things that Mr. Beast does so well. Like, overtaking number one subscriber on YouTube is he figure out, okay, this is what the algorithm likes, and this is what gets people to click on it and stay watching these videos, and he does it really well. Ty, Go back Ty to you want to describe that a little bit more, like <laughs> on your perspective? How do you look at How do you guys all view algorithms? I'd love to hear it from a non-insider look at it because I have, like, some insider knowledge on how they formulate the AI models too because when I worked with, like, a couple companies in AI before, like, I understood what, they, what are the parameters they look at, but I'd love to hear, like, how you guys look at algorithms too. So... Is I'm and I'm gonna be the uh, I'm gonna be the non-intelligent person in the room right now. So when my daughter, you know, speaks into my phone or you know, voice texts me about Disney or whatever, and then all of a sudden, on CNBC, my ad runs across of like every Disney movie known to man, or like <laughs> these dolls or whatever. So is something picking that up, like some type of AI that then is forcing it? To me, because now me and her text, and I'm getting just bombarded with ads. So yeah, can you no. manipulate that in some way to then get that to the masses? So they say that they don't do it on Amazon devices, and they say they don't do it on Apple devices, but... I'm a non-believer. Knows? I get the same ads. Too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got to ask Bezos and uh, Zuckerberg. Again, that's well, not my circle. That's the next guest we're having on the <laughs> Yo, let's get I do, Can I join? <laughs> And that's the benefit of of uh, YouTube right now is that you know they have all those phones that are backed by YouTube with with their operating system, and that directly feeds right into you guessed it YouTube. So, yeah. and so they own all that, right? That data that they're collecting yeah. and then forcing it out, and it's like I'm I'm sure they can sell that, right? I mean they they own it, and yeah. so they know that hey. Uh, much like the GPS tracker on my phone knows that every Wednesday I'm at Panera Bread. Well, somehow it knows that, right? And yep. I feel like somebody's monetizing it. It ain't me. Well, they're instantly monetizing it. So like the second you Google something, don't you see like the little ad marker, right? They're instantly taking your search and selling you instantly, right? And I think that search is going to change. So I have this creative project that I'm working on. Maybe someone will do it before me, but I think that search is like the next thing that's going to be big, that's going to get disrupted by that GPT-3 AI technology because, you know, really when you use Google, you're trying to find information, but you got to scroll through so many pages, GPT-3 is going to kill that. Like, it's going to give you concise data. It's going to tell you exactly where it got from. And then you're probably going to even get paid to actually, like, watch ads. Uh, there's there's a browser called the Brave Browser, um, which actually is created, like, the person who created Mozilla Firefox and, and JavaScript actually created the Bra Brave Browser. Browser It actually pays you to watch ads. So it's, it's crazy. It's going to happen. <laughs> um but uh, uh, back to the topic. Uh, yes, monetization on data. They they instantly monetize it on you know algorithm algorithms though. Like, what made you think about al algorithms? Because that was a good question. I feel like lot, not a lot of people talk about it. You know, I just I, I watch a lot of content creation on on Twitch and, and YouTube, and you know, and and the million dollar question they're all talking about is what what does YouTube do with this algorithm? How does it work? I don't understand it. I don't know where it, how to get myself seen. You know, and I think Ty hit the nail on the head with Mr. Beast. But if you go back and you watch, um, if you go back and you watch some podcast of like Mr. Beast talking about, 
his his rise to fame and and how he got there, you know, he kind of tells you that he spent more hours studying how a YouTube video got seen than he ever did in the beginning of creating a video. And yep. and the key to success in the content creation world is is algorithms and understanding them and how to get it out there. And it's just maybe the top one percent understand how YouTube algorithms their 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 content and or Twitch or TikTok or whatever. You know, you yeah. TikTok's a prime example. Yeah. You might see somebody that hits two million views and they'll never hit over a hundred views after that because it's coming, it's gone. And it's because they don't understand how they got that million views to get pushed by TikTok. Yeah, and I, I never have thought that one person could network well enough to get it out there that much, right? So you've got to push it somehow. Yeah. And it's not it's not through, you know, LinkedIn and coming up with a bunch of people and then pushing it out to them. It's it's got to be something bigger than that. And that's the best thing, because back in the day, you used to have, literally have to send your link to everybody, right? We were like, oh, send a link, send a link. Now the algorithms do all the work for you. But exactly what you said, like, Mr. Beast, he spent all his time figuring out, like, what is the caption supposed to look like? What is the thumbnail supposed to look like? How long am I supposed to get on my videos? And how long should I keep the retention? Like, attention spans are short today, right? Like, we're literally goldfish. Like, as much as you don't like like it, like you are on your phone, either on Twitter or Instagram, scrolling 90% of the day, and you're unconscious about it. And literally during that time, you're getting hit with ads. You're getting hit with news. You're getting hit with so many different things at one time, and you're just taking in so much data, right? And you have to like kind of sit back and consciously be looking at these algorithms and what you're scrolling and see how do I consume it myself. And that's how you get better. And that's why Mr. Beast was such a beast at what he does, right? He watched all those different YouTube videos. He broke it down to a science and he became the biggest, you know, YouTuber. And if you watch his videos, it's like fast, fast. It goes into it. There's no intros, very short outros. It's in it, you know? So 100%. Mr. Beast is a beast, dude. (laughs) I, I watched one recently on him of talking about how he just had this epiphany one day of like, hey, the U.S. and the people that speak English is mm-hmm. only a small fraction of the world. 10%. So, so I'm going to dub, I'm going to get wow. somebody to dub over in different languages and push it out on different channels. He, and he, pays, he pays famous people in M- Mexico, uh, French, wherever that might be. France. Well, not just, <laughs> it's not just France. It's also Canada. It's also Canada. <laughs> Quebec. Quebec. And then... Um, there was a Chinese and Japanese. He pays the most famous people he can find because he said he can pay the biggest actor there to dub over his videos and make tenfold over that from what he that. paid him. And then it wow. also helps push his videos because famous people are the ones dubbing over his voice. There's wow. this interesting concept I of like reaching different people. And it's like, it sounds so simple. Yeah. Like everybody can't understand this podcast, but like if we put it out in a different language, it, pick up some more viewers yeah <laughs> i mean people don't understand like your video like this is your product like anytime you're putting out a video or a post these days like it since it's getting marketed through these algorithms already like you got to treat it like a product like how is it packaged how do people consume it right like just like i'm going to be opening up a yogurt and i see the package on top it's got 20 grams of protein i want that right <laughs> it's that's your thumbnail right like it, you got to just treat it like a product that everything that you put out today is your product and the algorithms are going to promote it and yeah, we suffer from, you know, watching all these algorithms and getting all this data and it's tarnishing our brains. But while it's tarnishing it, let's get some money. Out of it, you know? <laughs> so you have been very successful and are continuing to innovate through Mint Drops. 
How did that yeah. come about? How did that start? Where did where did that come from? Yeah, um, I guess you can't say his name anymore, but we're just gonna say it anyways. Uh, it was like this crazy journey um, that I was working with another artist, and I was actually randomly in Wyoming. Randomly in Wyoming, my parents wanted to go out to Wyoming. That is very random. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very random. If you would have told me where Ryan is at today, Wyoming would not be on the uh, not top ten, Dude. probably not top twenty, not top fifty. <laughs> yeah, you, not top fifty. It's a bottom. Yeah. Where did you get your million dollar idea? It's Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wyoming. I was just in the mountains of Wyoming yeah. with a grizzly bear. You know? <laughs> no, I did not want to be in Wyoming. My parents had to convince me to go, but like our like our corporation, like we have a couple corporations in Wyoming, and my mom was like, "All right, it's COVID." Let's just go. Like it's not it's not closed there. The Californians like everybody's wearing a mask, triple masked up. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I, literally, like during COVID, I was working like nothing happened. I was like the only person on the street. I, I had this huge office building. Oh, sorry, office building that I worked out of, and no one was there. I was like, whatever, free office space for me. I literally <laughs> hogged it. I loved it. It was my focus zone. Um, but I was I was in Wyoming, and then I ran into an artist who was working with Kanye at the time, and. I just pitched them. I was like, hey, you know, I'm working on AI and I'm also building, like, thinking of creator tools. Like, can I show you what I'm working on? And um, the artist liked it and they're like, all right, cool. Uh, let me see it. Let's go meet up tomorrow. Took my number. And then the, the next day, like, I text them or that day, I text them. The next day, I text them, no reply back. I was like, let me do what I do best. <laughs> Let's get to following up. Sent some voice memos, <laughs> sent some videos, like, yo, what's going on? And um, I just I just made it happen. So the next day he was like, "All right, fine. Like I'm I'm doing this. Come by. Let, let's uh let, let's see what you got." Showed him my like I was building like this cool AI product at the time. I could read your voice, and essentially as you're like speaking, if you're on like a sales call, it'll give you like data points of like what's what the conversation's about. If they give you an objection in real time, it'll tell you like what to say back, right? And I built this tool. Wow. <laughs> so I was like. Yeah, it was thank you. And uh, I, I, I built it for Grant Cardone specifically. Like, just, oh, I don't God. know if you know about Grant Cardone, genius guy, but I built it for him. I was like, I got to get it to him. And um, and I showed him this tool, and uh, and he loved it. He was like, This is crazy. We got to show Kanye. So the next day, or that day, an hour later, we're headed to Kanye's ranch, which is like 20, 30 minutes away. And I'm like, All right, we're going to Kanye's ranch. So I have my family with me. My brothers are there. Like. We're going to Kanye's ranch, and then all of a sudden, I got to Kanye's ranch. He's recording Donda in like a garage in this weird barn that has like two thousand acres, but just like three little buildings in it, and like a whole bunch of RVs where everybody's living out of. It was crazy, right? It's like <laughs> this weird dystopian Wyoming ranch that Kanye runs, and there's like designers. Justin Bieber came that like the next day. Little baby was there. It's like this weird world of like Kanye and his like mind and like physical man manifestation right in wyoming and and uh and he told me he's like him and the artists that we're working with we're, we're like okay we want to create a way that we could sell yeezy you know merchandise and you know some content direct to our fans we have a movie that we should just shot this week we want to find a way to just sell it without having to cut anybody into the deal right direct, direct to consumer they're like you have a day Show something to Kanye at the end of the day. And if you don't build it, then you're going home. The last guy who was here he was here for an hour. <laughs> no pressure. No yeah. pressure. <laughs> so uh, I literally just, uh, you know, got with my engineers on the team. We, we mashed it out in a day. We built like a, like a, like, like a platform base, like bare bones of what mid drops is today, but it had video streaming and you had to pay to get in. 
and it had merchandise like you could sell merchandise on it and uh we showed kanye and it's like this large like huge screen that he has like in in this in this barn and someone's playing a guitar as we like show like the image i have a video this is crazy <laughs> it's literally guitarist like playing the guitar as like we're watching it and then like i played the screen and and literally i'm like waiting for kanye's feedback and i play the video and we play the video it has like kanye's music right it's like uh it's what the song is today it, that's on the donda album uh i know god breathe uh, i knew i know god breathed on this or breathe, breathes on this whatever um, that was a song and we're playing it and there's like a video for it and I'm showing him like I'm going through the screens and showing him how it works he's just like watching he's walking around he's trying on vest here he's trying on vest there so, but he looks back so he's literally like working on Yeezy like the Yeezy Gap collection as he's watching my thing as a guitarist plays like a million things going on at one time and um, I'm like alright so everything stops and we like wait for his feedback he goes Play the video again. I'm like, all right, you must like it. <laughs> so we should play the video again, and then uh, we. I just ended up staying there for like a week, and it, it was it was dope. It was dope. It was it was a good experience, and you know that and that deal ended up not working out just because of all the different arrangements he has. But uh, it was it was a great start of like what became something that just changed my entire life. That one trip to Wyoming, so it just taught me to like be risky. And, you know, try new things, go to new places and never be scared to put yourself out there. Because if I had not just, you know, pitched someone randomly about like what I was building that had no relation to what Kanye's doing, I wouldn't have even had what I have today. So so next time my mom wants to go on vacation somewhere, I'm like, yep, we're going wherever you say. <laughs> Wyoming? Okay. <laughs> well, and, and your family is now a big part of your company, I know how involved your brothers are. And so uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, you know, I started the company with my mom, which is odd. Anytime I would get into a meeting and they'd be like, son and a mom, that you never see that. You see a son. It's literally heard this a million times. You see a son and a dad all the time. Son and a mom. Who does a business like that, right? So I was like, all right, this, this is great. Great. I just got in business with my mom. I don't know if this is going to work. Um, but you know, we would take calls and it helped because like when I was trying to close like big deals with like just big companies, they kind of didn't take me serious. I had braces at the time and they're like, yo, who's this like 16 year old kid pitching to me about some crazy blockchain technology. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it was just a, it was a mess, but we made it happen. And, you know, I think that like family businesses are, they're tough because like you, you got different emotions. There's no real boundaries with your brothers and sisters and parents, right? They can say whatever sometimes. So you kind of get that, but there's that trust and trust is so important with business. Like if you can't trust the people you work with, like there's no sense of having a team. A team is built off trust. It's built off loyalty. It's, you know, like the army, like those guys trust each other with their lives. And when you're in business, you're at war and you're sh playing against the sharpest minds in the world, especially in tech. And if your team is not built like an army and they're not cohesive and everybody you have you like or how everybody you have around you is not like an army, you're gonna lose that war. You're gonna lose that battle. So you gotta be build a team that's like full of warriors, build built of uh, you know, people who are trustworthy and loyal. And I think that you can't get that anywhere else other than family and people that you really trust and spent some time with. So I I think it's great. I think it's great because I, you know, I think about business minds and like wanting to expand practices, but then you've got to be vulnerable and trust people to let them in. Right. And so, you know, you always think of the bad and how that's going to go south, but you've got to, you've got to take that leap of faith. Right. And, and surround yourself with people that are like-minded and have the same goal. 
100%. I want to flip it on you. you oh, guys. no. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you guys do outside the pod? Like, what's your life like? What do you guys do for work? All that stuff like that. Like, I'm, I'm starting it off. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. um, he's I, the youngest one here. So, <laughs> great, greatest yeah. athlete that you've never heard of. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll hear about him soon. Everybody starts. <laughs> I don't have the he's height red. for that. I don't have the height for that. <laughs> No, um, I'm an accountant. Uh, I just graduated uh, back in the spring from Western Kentucky University. It's in Bowling Green. Probably never heard of it. Um, but uh, a company called Elite Body Sculpture. Um, and they do bo- uh, fat removal and body contouring with that fat. And the uh, CEO has actually come up with this like new process and new, new technology for this process that he patented to remove the fat cells from your body without killing them so that they can be redistributed. So say you had... Um, like BBLs that women want to go yep. do. They can take, say they have fat around their stomach area they want they want gone. So they take the fat cells out from there and then they transfer them to wherever they want in their body. Um, so I'm an accountant for that company and uh, um, I just got married in the summer. So wow, congrats. Yeah, new, new uh, start to a new life. It's pretty exciting. I want to come back to marriage. I want to know about that. <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll let everybody come back. Right? <laughs> I've been working in the IT industry for the last 20 years or so. Um, I'm currently working on an enterprise um, an enterprise solution of an Oracle uh, for an HR, financial back, and uh, training uh, system. So we run PeopleSoft in, in an Oracle databases, and we have Windows and cashiering-based systems, and we do it for the entire state of Tennessee. So, You know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> big money making yeah. big money. No, that's what it, on, that no. should be on your business card. That is card. not. I, I'm more like of a glorified hand holder, and uh, I don't know. Sometimes I'm a you know I book flights, and sometimes I'm buying real estate, and other days I'm I don't know. I can come up with anything, right? <laughs> Going out to eat with guys like Ryan. Yeah, making deals happen. My birthday with uh, with Zach. That was, that was a great birthday. <laughs> top ten. <laughs> top ten. <laughs> when, top, when's your birthday? Two, really. when, was it? I can't even remember. He's, like he is. He is pretty young, Zach. You know, one. he's only had so many birthdays. Basically. So top ten is not yeah. that. <laughs> a lot. I know. That's right. That gets me in the top forty percent. <laughs> hey, hey, it was better than Wyoming. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it was better than Wyoming. <laughs> what month is your birthday? October. I, I'm an October baby too. I'm gonna make plans Ooh. next October. Zach, Zach's gonna <laughs> take Libra? both of us out. Let's go. We had wings. We got a good wing spot. <laughs> exactly. It was so good. We went twice, two nights in a row. But, and a lot, a lot of that has to do with San Francisco. I didn't realize yes. shuts down at 8 p.m. and there's no food to be had anywhere. Literally. literally. <laughs> so anyway, sorry to steal your thunder. Oh, there's no thunder over here. Uh, I mean, the short version is I work at a church now. Okay. Been doing that for two years, and before that, I was in the army, actually. So, wow, doing cool guy stuff and jumping out of airplanes. Yeah, yeah, jumping out of airplanes. In the army, you were jumping out of airplanes in the army. (laughs) Yeah, I was doing a lot of cool stuff. I think it was cool. Other people may not, but uh, you know, that's a young man's game. And uh, you know, my kids were getting older and stuff, so I I transitioned into something totally different. I love to love to hear like your mindset. Like, what what is it like like jumping out of a plane? Like, can you tell us a little bit about the mindset and like the bravery? It takes? That'd be like, crazy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, Dude, I can't so. even think of that. My my philosophy on jumping out of an airplane: Why would I jump out of something that's perfectly good? It's never gonna happen. <laughs> there are no perfectly good military aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't think it takes bravery to jump out of an airplane, right? I mean, it's it takes a mindset, like you talked about earlier. It does take a mindset. Man, I work with dudes who are big, Arnold Schwarzenegger-looking guys, could pick up a building, but they couldn't jump out of a plane because just the mindset, they couldn't get over that. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't take bravery. Some people would say it takes the opposite of bravery. You've got to be a little <laughs> stupid. But, but uh, um it's just a mindset and, and like, you know, when you have guys who, you know, they make movies about like Sniper or something like that or Navy SEALs, Special Forces, those guys are regular people. You could go eat dinner with them and have wings with Zach and they'd talk just like we're talking here today and you would never know he's the baddest dude in this zip code, right, and could do right. a lot of cool stuff. Um, but they just have a mindset and they can flip that switch much like an athlete or something, you know, totally nice guy. But when he walks on the court, walks on the field, he's the baddest dude out there and will break you in half because he flips that switch. So it's the same kind of thing. You just got to have that, you know, it's business. Let's take care of business. When this is done, we'll go hang out and do whatever. I love that because you know what you said there is so important that I feel like I think anybody in like the day-to-day life can literally if they could just turn on that switch where it's like it's not bravery it's actually a mindset that's the most powerful thing that i've heard when it comes to perspective like that because it's like how many things do we do in life today that we don't even know that we're able to accomplish it but our mind sets us back because we think that we have that limitation that's not even there and what would it be like if we lived in a world where we can get rid of that limitation by just switching it off and we act brave in every moment. And I think that if we can live a life where we turn off, you know, the switches that, you know, lead to those limitations in our life, we become so much better um, as a human being and we can accomplish more. Like, I I wish I could do that. If I could just go into any, you know, deal that I have, turn off the limitation switch and, you know, close that deal, I'm out of here making billions in a year, right? Like, so many things that you can do just by that confidence. And I think it's a confidence thing. Would you say it's confidence? Oh, yeah. I mean, and like confidence with anything. Experience builds more confidence. You know, you do it. One, oh, well, I did it that time. Let me let me try it again and take a little baby step further than that. And, you know, but I would say you have some of that, too, just walking up to some dude in Wyoming and like, hey, let me pitch you this. And now I'm out on the <laughs> imaginary playground of, <laughs> you know, one I, of the I biggest stars in the I'm world. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> so, I just I just go for it. Like, I'm not scared. Like, I turned off that switch all the time. I'm like, yo, dude, the worst they can say to me is no. There you go. So I'd rather just hear no. That's you know, right. like, what's no going to do? No is not going to kill me. Let's that, go. There's I'm 300. Ask, oh, dude, do you have this for me? All right. You don't have it. Great. I'm going to go to the next person that does. Right. And yeah. you, you can ask Zach, like, we followed up with, like, the team, like, a lot. We were just like, yo, we got to get Andrew. We got to get Andrew. Like, and, and we made it happen it's because persistence and that lack of fear and confidence, when you put that together, bro, you're out of here. And just a lot of people don't know how to put that little secret combination together. But oh, if you yeah. had that persistence, the confidence, and, uh, you know, the, the lack of fear, you're, you're out of here. You're going to be a billionaire. <laughs> so did you have an IT background before you started Mint Drops? Um, so I went to school. um and I like I wanted to be an engineer. I was working full time, and it was literally one of those situations. Like I had a, a great business that I was running with my family at the time. We're in jewelry, we're in Costco, we're in Sam's Club. We're we're also like distributing like jewelry to like all the biggest department stores. And it really took like 
just my family and then everybody else involved in it. It was like five years of just nonstop grind. But I still got my college like degree. I got in like liberal studies because like I couldn't do computer science. Like I didn't have any time, but I needed a degree just to show myself that one, I could do it. Cause I had, I didn't even graduate high school. Like I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like I dropped out of high school. I thought it was like dumb. I was like, bro, what am I in school for? But then I got a little older. I was like, that was a dumb decision. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just like, I, I made sure that I got my, my diploma, got my GED. And I was like, I'm going to go to college. And, and we had the business going. And I also knew like, I wanted to, I just wanted to be taken serious. Right. There was like, times that I was like, all right, cool, like undermined. And I was like, all right, I just know that like education, no one can ever tell me anything if I have a degree, at least I have a degree, right? And then after like, uh, we sold that company, um, the jewelry company, I really wanted to get into tech because everybody around me that lives in the Bay Area, the richest people that I know are tech CEOs. I'm like, bro, <laughs> this guy has a yacht. He has a Ferrari, he has a Lambo. I want that. You know, so I was like, all right, tech CEO, we go. <laughs> Very hard. <laughs> yeah. Man, we could sit here and talk all night, and yeah, we'll have you back on. If you would come back on, we'd love to do it. But I yes. think maybe we'll hit one or two more things, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. Wrap it. Um, do it. But one thing you talked about that I kind of want – I already had this question written down, and you kind of touched on it. You said you kept going to work during COVID. You were the only person out on the street. Do you think COVID kind of created an NFT boom because so many people oh. had more free time to sit there and grind – learn stuff uh maybe they change careers or whatever the case was yeah good question i mean i think the best thing that happened for covid was like those stimulus checks that everybody put into crypto because everybody <laughs> all of a sudden just put all their money into stocks they would it's crypto lows amazon bro i would go to lows or home depot and it's just lines i'm like what is going on here everybody's renovating their house <laughs> because they spend so much time in it right and uh i think that the best thing that happened for you know um for the for like, at least crypto was like everybody put their stimulus checks into bitcoin and bitcoin went to like sixty nine thousand dollars, and that made eth go to like four or five thousand dollars and it was just like this high time of everybody's at home or if you're not in home you know majority of the country or the world is at home and everybody's trying to gamble online and make a little bit of money, right? And then NFTs boomed and crypto boomed. And I think that, yes, COVID was great for business. Ryan, I got I got a question for you just uh, yeah. because for, for people here that, that dabble in to crypto, they use yeah. probably Coinbase as number one, right? Yeah. And so in the news lately is FTX, right? And so if you were new and starting to dabble into crypto, one, what would you what would you be buying? Would you just stick with the big ones, Bitcoin? And then two, how would you safeguard against what happened with FTX? Super good question, Zach. So if I was just to begin as an investor in crypto today, I just tell people always the same thing. Look, stick to Bitcoin, stick to Ethereum. Like Bitcoin's the easiest. And honestly, it's done phenomenally well historically, right? It's not gonna go anywhere. Um, and big institutions are buying into it. So my advice to anybody, anybody. It's literally just buy $100 of Bitcoin maybe a week or a month and just do it as much as possible. It doesn't have to be a whole bunch. And you don't have to really worry about the price for today. So if you're looking for short-term gains, maybe it's not the best strategy. Long-term, I think that Bitcoin is going to be one of the best assets we can buy for cheap today. And I don't think this opportunity that we have to buy this asset for so cheap is going to be the same price in the future. I know it won't be, right? And you have to understand that Bitcoin is a great asset. And it's the safest if you're going to look into crypto. So just buy a little bit of Bitcoin every day or 
every week, every month, every three months, whatever. Stack a little bit, just put it in your portfolio. Um, and then to safeguard against what happened with, uh, you know, uh, FTX is you got to have a hardware wallet. A hardware wallet is just a device that keeps your crypto safe. It keeps it offline and on, on blockchain, right? So literally that little device can save you so much money and save you from getting wrecked. Uh, <laughs> that hundred dollars, that hundred dollars was the best I spent at Best Buy, by the way. There you go. Yeah. So how do you, how would you manage Bitcoin? As a financial planner, uh, to me, I think Ooh, there's good a question. I want to know. There's a spot for it, right? I mean, you could say that yeah. there's there's a spot for real estate because we're not building any more dirt, right? That there's a spot for. I think it's just risk tolerance, right? What are you comfortable with? If you're one of those people that puts your head on a pillow at night worrying about the fluctuation of Apple or Amazon, Bitcoin's going to kill you. You're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but if you if you can stomach the risk and look for the long term, I mean, some of the best money managers of my lifetime. I, mean, I put Kathy Wood up there, right? I mean, as far as innovator, and she's calling for Bitcoin in the next two years to be at a million. And so you're thinking, well, it ain't even got to get there. 17 goes to 34, back to 69 or wherever it fell from. I mean, um, I just think it's about appetite of risk and what you what you can stomach. Yeah, no, 100%. And um, I think that like 2023, we most like, I know the CPI came out today, right? And like, I missed that pump because I, I pulled out yesterday. That's why I lost <laughs> some money in, in crypto. It's like, I did not want to get plummeted on the market. I still trade day to day, right? <laughs> And I pulled out for the CPI, missed the pump. But, you know, interest rates are, you know, it's it's an issue. And we, I, I strongly believe we are going into a recession in 2023. But that does not mean the economy shuts down. And that does not mean that the flow of money stops. It just gets a little tighter. But sometimes the best businesses are built in a recession. Airbnb, built in a recession. Uh, Uber, built in a recession. Like, these are some phenomenal companies that came out of a recession, number one. And then also the assets that you can buy in a recession. Bro, Facebook, if they turn around, you got a 90% discount on it, right? If you if any big tech stock today, if they turn it around, you have a 90% discount on it today. If you get any cryptocurrency and they turn it around and they do good in the future, it's a 90% discount from where it was. It may even be a 180% discount from where it goes in 2024. And people don't have to understand that in 2023, even if a recession is going on and you don't have any money, there's got to be some extra capital that you can have, maybe 100, 200, 3,000, whatever your dispensable capital is, you know, at the time. Invest in crypto, invest in stocks, invest in real estate, whatever you can. Recessions are the best time to ever invest if you have some capital. And I know it's going to be tough if you're like trying to save some money, but like literally, bro, I I'm trying to do as much as I can to get as much capital, like, you know, free freeform capital right now to be able to invest next year. So let's buy the dip. <laughs> so what, along with that, what would you say yeah. to people who um, have seen FTX and seen what SBF has done with FTX and how it's collapsed and the billions of dollars he's lost of people's money who look at that and now think all of crypto is like that how, and they lose yeah. the trust of crypto. How is there a way to regain that trust? And if so, what, would you advise people who might be a little cautious now because of what just happened um, into getting into crypto? How would you encourage them? Ryan, can I take this first? Just just yeah, on that front, like I view Bernie Madoff in the same way. 
right, that nobody wanted a money manager working for themselves independently. They wanted a big firm. And all you read about online is people at Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs, big firms still not policing it correctly. So I think that goes on in every industry. But this this may be the biggest, quote unquote, Ponzi scheme of our lifetime of how much SBF took, right? And I think, yeah. too, so going along with that, I think, too, a lot of, like, people are wary about it because it's not, it's unregulated, but I think that's yep. also why it's valuable is because it's unregulated. So how would you, like, back to the question, how would you kind of encourage someone who maybe lost that trust? Yeah. No, we literally had some deals in the pipeline that literally, like, last minute were like, actually, we got to wait a little while. I'm like, bro, literally we spent, like, so many months doing this. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a heartbreak because, it's like, we spent so much time, dedication, making some deals put full through. Or, like, you know, um, we, we spent time actually trying to get deals. So there's reputational damage, right, like, to crypto as an industry. And it sucks because it's, like, you get players like S- SBF that, like, literally stole people's money. But people, under- like, don't understand that, like, not every application can, one, have access to your money, right? And then the second side of things is, like, you know, there are precautions that could have been taken from those people who hold on custodial wallets. But that's another topic. But... It, it has hurt the industry for sure, right? But I think there's a lot of proponent, proponents of like the makings of a great comeback. And I think that crypto is going to be here forever. I know it's going to be here forever, right? And big institutions are, institutions are buying into it. I think people just need to be a little bit safer moving forward. Um, stay away from like high yielding products and stay away of anything that could be kind of, you know, crypto Ponzi related. Altcoins and, and stuff like that, the smaller things yeah, I mean, it depends right because like i think altcoins like have its place like there are some amazing coins out there like uh matic which is you know polygon it's one of the best blockchains out there right and you know uh binance has their bnb token binance is not going anywhere binance shuts down crypto shuts down for like a good five years if they go down we're done yeah. how would you is there or maybe you're doing that with mint drops you're trying to make it to where look no that's not you own this technically. Here's what this is why it's not going down. I'm not taking your money and spending it when or, or buying back and forth with my friends, buying our each other's coins to make profit out of nothing. Pump and, yeah, pump yeah. and dump. <laughs> pump and dump. So I was just how like I think you answered it. Just how to encourage people to get back into the crypto uh, market who maybe have seen this and are a little bit timid now. Well, the best thing is that like once these crypto prices start going up and people start making a lot of money. That all goes to the wayside. Everybody's like, oh, wait, Bitcoin's at 39000 It's going to 100 k We're back in. So that's going to happen for sure. So you'll, you'll, you'll forget about it again. Uh, and then that same thing happened with the ICO scams. That was crazy because it was like a whole bunch of people doing like ICO scams. That was pretty bad. But S- SBF, like he stole customer funds. Like that shouldn't, that's like a bank, right? He kind of ran it like a bank. And he was like trying to do the whole fractional reserves thing, but he was not supposed to do that. So he tapped into wallets he wasn't supposed to have access to. He was an actual criminal, right? And that's not tolerated. I don't think that's tolerated in any industry. But since this is so big and it's attached to crypto and there's already so much un- like you know disinformation about crypto, people are not educated about it, you have that stigma. It'll all pass. It always passes. And honestly, it's the best time to actually join crypto and work on crypto projects all the competition is somewhere else <laughs> so we're, we're soaking it up i've got more partnership deals from like big crypto companies in this bear market than i ever did before because so many people are now out of the game we weeded out people and honestly if you can survive during this time you're going to be so good in 2024 
you know. Do you, do you think the government tries to come in and regulate at some point in time? They should, honestly, because it would be, be so better, like so much better. Because so, so to launch a cryptocurrency like an altcoin today, they're unregulated because the United States look at, looks at them as a security, right? And the problem is a lot of these tokens are a utility. Like you actually have to use it to use the protocol. And now they don't have any regulatory framework for actually having these utility tokens. So now if I just have like an actual token that I use in my game, it's a security. Now I'm going to get arrested <coughs> for even doing this in the United States. So it's like, bro, I we have to come up with a way exactly how they did with cannabis, right? Like they legalized it and they created frameworks and they created taxes around it. The same thing is going to happen with crypto next. That's the next frontier. And when that happens, that actually might be the best thing and the worst thing. Because now every little gas station might have a cryptocurrency. So that, that's going to be a problem. Uh, but the best thing after that is that like there's going to be a lot of taxation and there's going to be a lot more you know safe. It's going to be a lot safer, right, for the end consumer and the end retail person. Because I don't have to go to you know the BVI to start a corporation now. I can just go to the United States of America. I can go to Wyoming, launch my token. <laughs> it's regulated and I feel good, you know. Yeah. You talked about kind of some of the, uh, uh, you know, fear mentality, people sitting on money, not investing it. I read this last week. I don't know where I came across, how I came across it, but this was Warren Buffett. And he said, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. The same thing you were talking about, you know, put $100 a month in, invest $100 a month, a week, a quarter, whatever you can in times like this, because that's going to pay off much bigger for you. And when everybody's greedy, everybody's riding that high, well, they're, that wave's going to crash eventually or at least come back down, you know, to a relative normal. Exactly. I mean, that, that's exactly what you said. I mean, Warren Buffett, prolific investor, right? Get greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy, right? And that's literally the state of the market today. Stocks, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, buy as much as you can. At least be intelligent and do your due diligence when you buy things, but buy the right assets as much as you can right now and accumulate because the one, the stigma is going to go away. It's a discount on the price. All right. And then also like we are going to see these cryptocurrencies be utilized. Like 2017, I was here. I thought it was stupid. I, I bought a little Bitcoin, but I didn't really like it. It, was, it wasn't all that crazy. We did a couple blockchain projects. It didn't seem interesting. All the projects weren't all that good. 2021, when I got back into it, seriously, bro. The, the technology caught up just like AI. The technology is caught up today. And AI and Web3 and cryptocurrency is going to be the next frontier. We're not going to be able to stop it. So either embrace it now or just get punished later. Well, Ryan, I appreciate it, man. I know, I know you're a busy guy. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just look forward to the great things you're going to do. And uh, let, me, let me come along for the ride. Yeah, no, we're glad to have you uh, as a you know a strong member of the family and, and a strong member of the team. You're a great person, Zach. I appreciate your energy every time I speak to you. We're going to do a lot of amazing things. I think we're going to check back in, in this podcast in a year or two and be like, look how much we've done in that time. So, Bitcoin's at a million. <laughs> Let's go. If it is, I hope I bought some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ryan, man, thanks so much for coming on. And like, like Zach said, we know you're busy and all that kind of stuff, and really just the education because it's you know, been around for, for a while as far as cryptocurrencies, all this kind of stuff, but it's still new to the, uh, you know, regular people, you know, people not in the, the finance and industry. So thanks for coming on and explaining and, and educating a, a lot of people, I think. 
no, thank you guys for having me on. And you guys are so dope, so so funny, humorous, very intelligent. And I, I hope more people discover your show. I'm gonna promote it. This is my like like the best experience I've had in a long time recording some content. So I appreciate you guys. Well, you guys know we finish every episode with a Bible verse. I've got it today. This is Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Some of the same things Ryan's been talking about. Invest little bits and it'll grow over time. Little by little, be honest and keep on trucking. Try it. I second that. We're going to get out of here. You know it. We love you. God loves you more. We'll see you next week. I think what we learned today is if you're in school right now, use GPT-3. (laughs) (laughs) Never write a paper again. You get a solid A- all the way through college. Solid A-. Thanks for listening to GPS to God. Make sure you leave a rating or review on whichever app you happen to use. Also find us on YouTube and be sure to subscribe to our channel.